0: You are now listening to The Open Canvas. Open Canvas, this is Taj Alexander. I'm here with a young, probably one of the most ambitious people that I know um, in regards to not limiting himself and seeing what he can do as early as possible. I was actually, man, I think I was introduced to you through the Staple family. Um, Shout out to Staple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was Matthew, actually uh, Brian Yeah Because yeah. I met
1: you at the Murder Bravo pop-up That's right That's where I first saw you That's right, that's yeah, right man.
0: So yeah, we met Yeah, Brian, you met a shout-out to you, man mm-hmm. Hell like, yeah, man he, he connected the both of us And um, really good conversation Really quick But, um, mm-hmm. you know, really liked your energy And what you were about And um, then fast forward, I go to Staple to, um, you know, do an episode with them. And I'm looking through a lookbook that uh, wasn't released yet. And then I see you and I'm like, hold up. Yeah, I'm like telling Erica. Shout out to Erica. I was like, yo, who is this? Who is this dude? And I told you, like, everyone there had just nothing but good things to say about you, man. So, like, nothing but respect to you and the Staple family. But yeah, man, I just see what you're doing now, like with your your video work. I mean, we'll get into that, mm-hmm. and also just you know, just your sort of just ambition and seeing where a culture is going, and being sort of uh, not just at the forefront of it, but uh, really, really connected to it, you know, and seeing what's happening. So um, yeah, man, I'm really glad you're on the podcast. Introduce yourself mm-hmm. to the
1: people. What's up? I'm uh, Tommy Richards. You can follow me on the gram at tj underscore r, and I am a creative individual and and really heavily involved in fashion and not only just you know fashion but i'm really into business marketing sales design work um, film photography and i just love fashion and just being able to explore a lot of different things not only just one category specifically so you know in two years i could end up completely somewhere else but Probably in the same uh, mindset or same kind of subject, but I'm always open to new things and stuff like that. Nice man. So, so where are you from? I'm from Upper West Side, Manhattan, born and raised. Nice man. I used to live over there too. I was on 107. I told you I was yeah. on
0: 107th in uh, Manhattan, close to Central yeah. Park. So, where exactly were
1: you? Uh, I first lived on 69th Street on. In between Columbus and Amsterdam, and then I moved to 66th Street on West End Ave. Mm, mm. Yes, yeah, man. very nice.
0: Yeah, and just for the people who don't know, man, how old are you right now?
1: Um, I just turned 17. October 6th was my birthday, so yeah, pretty. Wow. Young. I mean,
0: just to give people perspective. Man, yeah, like, of <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So growing up there, I mean, you're still growing up there. But like, uh-huh. what was it like? You know, what were you sort of into as a younger kid?
1: Um, since since a kid, I uh, was really into sports, and from around age four, I played baseball till I've kind of stopped this year and gotten into other things because school has been very important, but specific activities I really liked as a kid. I was always into um, pairing my outfits together since like a youngin and just surprisingly when I was younger I was camera shy and I didn't like when my parents would take photos of me and it honestly just like made me mad. But it's really funny that I look back on it and I just think about how, how much I love like recording and documenting stuff. And when I was like Age six, I kind of told myself like, I'm gonna look back and remember all these things and be like super, super happy and amazed and stuff. Yeah. And um, yeah, where I live, it's not the most diverse area, I would say. It's mainly white, but um, the clothing as well, it's it's pretty bland. You got your typical like business man wearing like a full down suit, some whole dress shoes or something like that and otherwise it's kind of just basic wear so yeah so how were you piecing your outfit together that early Uh, like what what were you into at that age well in middle school or I could even say elementary um I honestly really liked patterns and like color coordination that was like my big thing so Whenever I would wear stuff, I would just like base it on color and season, and also like graphic prints. I remember, like I'm, I was super into like Yu Gi Oh and Pokemon, and I would have like literally not not just like costumes, but like colors based off of the characters that I would incorporate in my outfits and stuff like that. Nice, nice. Which was yeah, and I, I played pretty much in uh, elementary. I played soccer every day at uh at uh, lunch or recess and so I I would always wear like Sambas and stuff like that but like I've just always played sports and so that that goes into my next point where middle school came in and I started to get into like basketball because I couldn't really like play baseball in like the recess area we had because we didn't like we didn't have access to like a baseball like the dimensions are like a bat or a ball and like the teachers yeah. would always see it as like being too dangerous if someone yeah. got hit in the head
0: and you gotta think it's, it's New York City so it's not yeah. like there's a lot of space for mm-hmm. a baseball yo. field anywhere unless mm-hmm. you're going to Central Park for real but yo. like if you're just like at recess in school there's no real place so basketball makes sense for the yeah. city you know you're like it's small compact areas so you can still cool. play a quick pickup game mm-hmm. so
1: yeah so uh yeah unfortunately <laughs> couldn't play baseball really in school other than on the teams mm-hmm. but I started to play basketball in first year of middle school, and then I joined the the JV team. And from there, I really didn't look at my shoes like I kind of <laughs> I kind of just wore. Let me think. Um, Skechers. I had some, you know, when you go to Models and you see the Nike shoes that they have there, like th- that type of stuff. So right, nothing right. really, no retros, nothing like that. And right. then. So I had to get a pair of basketball shoes for the team. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't wear those on the court. Right, right. right. And um, from there, I went to the Nike store for the first time. Like the, the one on Fifty Nine. Yeah, the oh, one yeah. on Fifty Nine. Yeah, That's yeah, like yeah, yeah. I I knew a couple other. You know, I've been to a couple other like Nike stores, like Foot Locker and stuff. Mm. Um, but like not specifically just like Nike and like all the all the designs of. You know, the retail space and the windows mm-hmm. for Nike. And when I went there, um I was just like I thought I was in another world. Like yo.
0: Yeah. <laughs> for those who I mean, for those who aren't in New York, if you're in New York you've probably been to this yeah, store but you gotta check it out. Like you gotta think, man, like especially I remember the first time I went in there too, mm-hmm. when I was really young. And it's like, you know, it opens your eyes to, like, yo, this is, like, a different world, you know? And, like, it it puts you in a space where, like, you feel like you're more than just a retail store. Like, retail store. Mm -hmm. You're, like, somewhere where, like, you know, there's a story here. Like, they're trying to tell a story through the clothes and how they even present it. Like, it's, like, five, six floors and, like, you know, every floor. So, you're just, like, a kid in the candy store. Yeah, it's
1: crazy. And uh, so, I was in there... And I was looking for for basketball shoes, but I'd probably been in there for like maybe 20 minutes and I hadn't even gotten to the floor cause you know, it's at the top. So (laughs) it took me a while to, cause I was looking at every floor and like all the stuff that was going on. And then once I got to the fifth floor, I was looking at all the displays and just the way kind of each shoe was kind of marketed in a sense. And after kind of like, I'm, I'm not really good at decisions in a sense. Mm-hmm. So I always take a little bit longer to pick something cuz I always want like to make sure something. like it's got to be the sound. one. Yeah, 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 like yeah. if it's not the one, I don't know if I want it. So you don't just walk into a store, point at a <laughs> no, shoe you like look like look at it. You got to think about how many outfits know. you can wear this yeah, with. Exactly. Like you know, you
0: can't just buy one thing. You, mm-hmm. you got to like really I was I was kind of the same way, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Like it was like every like I had to be able to like get a pair of shoes that I could wear with like at least five different outfits right, like right. you can't just get a pair of shoes mm-hmm. and only have one outfit to wear no. with you needed to have something that you could like mix and match yeah, like, so you really put thought into oh, it yeah, you Yeah. Get it.
1: Yeah, and yeah. Uh, also seeing like what everyone else on my team was wearing too kind of put me into mm. per- perspective is like what was the shoe to get and like was it Adidas or Nike or as to why? And like, who, honestly too, like whoever was the best on the team. Usually I look at his shoes and be like, yo, (laughs) there's something in there. I could play a little better if I got those. Yeah, right? (laughs) So I remember it was the, it wasn't the Hyperdunk because I didn't want to spend too much on those because they were super expensive. But I remember seeing that Lunarlon and that whole concept because I believe it was um, 2012, and that that year I believe it was kind of like the revolution of the lunar line so mm-hmm. all the new shoes had like that cool bouncy looking yeah, um, foam, foam. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I saw like a commercial where um I don't even know if it was Kyrie or someone wearing them mm-hmm. and like as he stepped down like the shoe compressed and you can see like the lunar Lawn. like yeah. it looked like a trampoline and yeah, then when yeah, he jumped yeah. he like flew <laughs> and um yeah yeah Yeah, so i saw that shoe and i couldn't uh, my mom didn't want me to get that one so i got the hyper dunk but that shoe i just thought the way it was placed where each part of it like the details and all that stuff just was really like a really interesting shoe yeah i
0: really think it's good for you to even say that because you got to think like even at our the young ages that we were like you know, when you're seeing how Nike sort of promoted their, their products, like, even their shoes, like, you were mm-hmm. paying attention to not only just, oh, yeah, this is a cool shoe, but, like, even the the marketing of yeah, it yeah. and how it was presented yeah. and how, it was how like, they used commercials to sort yeah. of, like, help inform the customer, yeah, yeah. you know? So, like, you were actually, like, paying attention to those things, and I was sort of the same way and sort of, like, seeing, like... But for me, it was, like, the Nike
1: Shocks back in oh, the day. Wait, wait, did, you,
0: were you, did you get, like, the Nike Shock wave? Or? Uh,
1: it was a little bit before me. Yeah. But yeah. I, of course,
0: know. So, like, Vince Carter was, like, the Nike Shocks dude. Yeah. And, like, he, like, would have all these amazing commercials. And just sort of, like, you said with the Kyrie and the Foam. Yeah, yeah. Like, they would show commercials of, like, you know Vince Carter hitting the Nike shocks and it like going down yeah. and then you like oh shit I could oh do like a 360 windmill if I just mm-hmm. get these shoes so mm-hmm. like I fully understand that and how like marketing plays a role in like yeah. our like what we choose to get you know so yeah man so playing ball like what led you to your next step were you just playing ball and then you just said okay forget it or what, mm-hmm. what was it
1: so what's it? Oh, I want to mention one little thing too like I would always have like dreams also like. At this time, I was drawing a lot of sneakers too, mm-hmm. cause I'm always, I was always wanting to design my own shoe and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I would always dream of like, um, like having a, like a spring at the bottom, the, like mm-hmm. on, as the midsole being like a spring, yeah. so you could like literally jump up and down. And that, yeah, that also was like another big thing into the shoes. But nice, nice. going into um, playing basketball, um, so once I had the shoes and I was on the court, I just like. First of all, my middle school probably had the dustiest court in all of like Manhattan. Literally, like I would pre-dust the court myself because yeah, of how yeah, bad it was. Oh and so I was kind of like at first I was confused why my shoes weren't like stopping on a dime, and I was thinking like, "Yo, what's going on?" Yeah. But um, yeah, everyone when they saw them, they were like, dude. Yo, those, bro, those <laughs> are fire! And like, yeah. just telling me, like, are you are you gonna wear those outside, bro? Are those like specifically for ball? Like, yeah. And and then um from there, when I was after the games, um, I would see a lot of people would have like two pairs of sneakers mm-hmm. to to wear like casually, mm-hmm. and then I'd look at those shoes in comparison and kind of like see see the transitions and also like how they put their outfits together with the sneakers. So when I saw that I realized more about fashion in general and like how much how much of a real culture it is and it's just you know putting it all together and how like Nike used to be really big and they still are on like selling full sweatsuits oh and yeah. stuff like that yeah. and you know having that full fit and a nice t-shirt with the pants. and. Yeah, or jeans. And um, so then I started getting more into like casual lifestyle type clothes. Cause otherwise I was just wearing athletic wear. Cause that was like what I was doing. So like pretty much just like Under Armour tees or Nike tees, like the, the dry fit stuff and sweatpants. But then I was starting to get into like jeans and jackets and different layers and patterns that, you know go into your outfit to yeah. complete it yeah
0: and you gotta think man like a lot of a lot of kids like the they may not necessarily put that kind of thought into their outfit mm-hmm. or like what it would mean, or even like how how it, not even necessarily how it looks but just how they can express themselves through it you know like yeah. that's something that it seems like you were able to find your identity through how you dress it wasn't mm-hmm. just like trying to look good or look cool it was like yeah. no this is my form of expression this is how I can be unique yeah. when I walk through the hallways at school so is yeah, that exactly. sort of your way of doing it mm-hmm, yeah.
1: yeah cause I was um, all throughout middle school and high school still like I'm I'm well specifically middle school I was really shy so I didn't really talk to a lot of people right. so my best way of expressing myself was through clothing and my shoes so yeah. just having that little connection to you know talk with people and stuff really helped me Mm. in a sense and yeah so
0: yeah that's
1: a big point
0: i think yeah clothes are actually they're they're connected Mm -hmm. like fashion like it it connects people you know like people like you're saying it's like you know someone can see someone else's outfit and just by looking at them they can already tell like oh i share these same values with Mm -hmm. this person like there's there's on some level we can talk and relate to Mm -hmm. each other so like, you know, for those who are in like the fashion or something like, or anything like that, it's like seeing how like what you create is important to culture yeah. and how like you're actually bridging the gap, you know, with, between people so that they can actually create, you know, friendships, you know, relationships, mm-hmm. like even working together all yeah. through clothing. So it's a, it's a major part of our society, man. Yeah, man.
1: From there, since I didn't really know still a lot about sneakers, I just saw the ones on the shelves. I found out more about limited edition stuff so there was there was like one kid at my school and maybe maybe like a couple but he he like one day brought out this like Jordan and I didn't know anything yeah. so but like when I saw people like react to it and when he like just stepped in the building people were just Shut breaking up. their necks <laughs> and like yo dude yeah. wait yo let me clean those like if someone stepped <laughs> on them there would be a problem. Yeah yeah like, yeah it was, it, it security was going guys. Down. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I remember it was the Jordan the there was a sneaker that it was some Jordan retro it maybe was the three that had just come out and um, he told me he was like yeah I waited like two and a half hours to get these shoes and I when I when I heard him say that I was I was confused like why would you like why would you wait in line for shoes and then he's like nah these are the Michael Jordans exclusive retros man like look at the elephant print on the toe and I'm like dude yo that's crazy and then and then from there I there's this is like a really um powerful thing there's this uh shoe store right next to my right kind of yeah right next to my house kind of on 72nd street called West NYC oh yeah you know of it yeah yeah yeah. I've been in there a couple times wait 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 so that shoe store well, it was like a, it's a boutique mm-hmm. so it's not you're not going into like a retail um, foot locker foot action whatever where they just kind of have the shoes out and the the guy there will be like so what's size or blah, blah blah they don't really care too much about you as a person yeah. but this was like a boutique so the people themselves could not they didn't have to wear a uniform or anything like that and so when I went in there I remember, It was pretty much on on my way home from school, I would just go in there and just talk to them and they kind of, they took me under my wing, oh wait, no, sorry, the other way. Under
0: their wing. Yeah, (laughs) under their wing
1: and kind of told me more about sneakers and from there it went into fashion too. So when I was seeing what they were wearing, I was always looking uh, more into it after I talked to them and kind of figuring out more about designers, not only just Nike and different brands, collaborations, and yeah. their meaning, <clears throat> their meaning. And from there, it went into limited sneakers because they did tend to get some limited shoes, not not as many as stores like Nike Lab, but I had no idea what that was at the time because I would never really been downtown. Yeah. So, but I remember <laughs> I went to the release for this sneaker called, it was the um, Jordan 3 Lab 5, so it was a mix of the three, and then they took the influence of the five, like the, the 3M tongue, and they put it on the, the upper of the three. Crazy. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. And um, like the whole theme and the box and the presentation, I just thought, well, like I think I could probably wear these like once and then maybe sell them or, Um, so, uh, I ended up getting there maybe two hours early, and there was already maybe eight people in line, so I didn't know what, like, how many they had, or how it was gonna go, so just kind of waited there, didn't, didn't really talk to anyone, because I was kind of shy, but, like, later on, I heard uh, people, like, talking, and then I asked them, like, uh, you guys gonna wear them or like what's your what's your favorite Jordan and blah 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 to like learn more and then when um, when it got time for the store to open it was it was um there was a lot more people so now there was maybe like 30 people and I was kinda in the midst but there was no or, like fence or anything so I mean some people were skipping and when we when they tried to let people in everyone kinda just went around the door and from there the the manager mike this bald guy uh, he was like yo everybody get the order this and i was i was like this little 13 year old kid just like what do i do and and uh and so from there they kind of kind of like broke up the line and they ended up doing a raffle thing where they made us use tickets and from when they were picking them, I was one of the numbers called. I was like, yes, man, like, <laughs> it's a, I, w- I did it, man. Yeah. And, and then I got this shoe, and it was really expensive, surprisingly, because it was, like, the lab series and the materials they put on it, and it was $2.50. And it was originally, I believe, two twenty five, but they, because it was a limited sneaker, uprised the price to make more profit on it. And they, 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 it came out to like 275 and I, I was like, dude, that's so like, oh my God, I just spent so much money on a pair of shoes. Like my parents are going to kill me. Mm -hmm. And, but I already knew that there was, they were limited. So I assumed that, you know, they're going to sell out and the value is going to go up. But I wasn't sure how to go about selling them. And, you know, when I walked outside after getting them, there was some people that had like multiple boxes and bags and stuff and like cash and stuff. And I kind of just like, cause I remember seeing some like videos of people getting stabbed and blah, blah, blah for shoes. So I kind of just went home, even though I'm sure none of that would have happened, but I didn't really ask like how you want these or blah, blah, blah. I just kind of just went home and (laughs) just kind of observed them for the next two weeks and put them next to uh, on my shelf next to my bed and just, you know took photos of them and then I realized like I have to sell these for more money and I ended up going to a sneaker convention later on and the value wasn't too high and so I ended up trading them for this the Yeezy foam posits mm. and from there the reason I traded them is because I knew the value for those was a little bit higher or kind of the same, but more people knew about those shoes. Yeah. So I figured I'd have a better time selling them. And then from there, I I sold them for 300 the Yeezy Foam. So I was like, dude, I just made money. <laughs> <laughs> right,
0: right, right. And, you and, then, taste, yeah, yeah, yeah. and
1: then from there, I've kind of just gotten more into, like, limited edition streetwear and stuff and, of course, Supreme and just a lot more a lot more reselling like i've made a lot of money off selling sneakers right. and it's it's great because it's i can personally wear them and then sell them or buy a pair of shoes and then make money back or just like full profit for some sneakers and then with that money buy cheaper shoes or mm. stuff like that wow right.
0: right. right. man yeah we actually saw each other at the supreme uh store
1: yeah yeah, yeah, yeah man. So mm-hmm. that was
0: dope just to sort of see that what was your experience like there?
1: The store is sick because it has like a skate bowl in the back, and they have a lot bigger, um, bigger amount of space inside. Because it's Brooklyn, so retail is cheaper. And but the way that that the situations work on camping or first come first serve or how to get in the store, it's so complicated. And you gotta kind of reserve it like a a spot online every Monday morning. They send out an email, and so I it was like 6:30 when they sent it and I was asleep and they I didn't get on the list or whatever big L for me but um yeah so when I was there like I mainly went just to film the overall scene for YouTube and just get what people were buying and the overall um, crowd what were, what were they wearing and stuff and oh uh, yeah it was pretty crazy to see people were buying that the box logo outside literally for a thousand dollars yeah it's, it's insane and yeah i didn't even i don't, i didn't like the box logo to be honest like i felt like they could have at least <clears throat> like give some sort of meaning to brooklyn not just a camo box logo like maybe a i was thi- i don't know like a like a brooklyn bridge like mm. print box logo or something like that but i mean it's a thing so it doesn't really matter and yeah, I mean, I remember when I was maybe fourteen, camping out at Supreme New York, mm-hmm. in, in I mean Soho, the original store, and just I didn't usually wait overnight because security would see I'm really young and my mom wouldn't let me stay out and mm-hmm. stuff. So, but I w- it, it was it was really cool to get to talk to people in that sort of situation. But at the same time, I, I totally get why they did it, and it's it's a lot more organized and there's no riots and fights and stuff so yeah
0: yeah man and that was one thing that i noticed too that whole like the first few days that it opened Mm -hmm. like just seeing like kids on every block because i live in this the the neighborhood of course um just a couple blocks from the supreme store in brooklyn Mm -hmm. and just to see like kids like park their cars on every corner like after they would go buy the the, the T-shirts and the box logos, mm-hmm. like they would come to each corner and just sell. Yeah. Man. Like they had like a bunch of kids just around the corner, yeah, just man. like it was crazy just seeing that man. It was like it's like the the stock market on the block Mm -hmm. really just seeing how stuff people were like trying to figure out how much did they buy this for just to make sure they're getting a fair price and stuff so like yeah it was definitely like intense Mm -hmm. it was intense for like that whole first week you know but um but yeah i I definitely agree with you man in in regards to like just seeing how like you know whether it's supreme or even other brands and just seeing how like you know, especially as young young people, seeing how you can almost create a business mm-hmm. um, for yourself in, in regards to, or even just learning how money works and yeah. how like the value of things work mm-hmm. through um, streetwear. Yeah. You know, and I feel like you guys are really taking that um, taking that um, on, and you know, aren't scared of it, aren't scared mm-hmm. to like learn money. You know, yeah. and learn value. So that's dope. Just to see how y'all are
1: doing it, man. Yeah, I made a lot of connections too, mm. in like just sneakers and what people what people have and where they've came from and stuff and also it's crazy because i know a ton of kids my age that sell like way more sneakers than me and i'm talking like they could have a storage unit full of shoes oh yeah yeah yeah. a small little Mm -hmm. manhattan mini storage something like that just full of kicks and how you know you can invest and blah 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 and it's pretty much like A great way to start business and stuff and help grow grow the understanding of marketing that's what got me into marketing sneakers so and then just the way not it's not really the product it's the way the product is promoted and put out to the public Mm. so that's what makes me more into business than than I am into like design Mm. but I do design I like to design as well but We'll talk about that later yeah, yeah and business yeah so what's it called so then it helped you know help me or some of my friends like you can now start a website and do all this online work and stuff which at my age most like i, did, I didn't even have like a like an instagram or anything like that or a phone that could even get it because i had like a flip phone yeah so yeah. but Mhm. yeah man so From that
0: and learning how, just like, almost like those Kyrie shoes you mentioned, how, like, they were marketed and how that's sort of, like, you see the value in that. Where where do you see, like, things going now just in regards to, like, whether it's, uh, you know, sneaker culture or even Mm -hmm. streetwear culture? Like, do you see or do you like where it's going um, in regards to how more and more people are getting into it?
1: It's tough. (laughs) It's, like, it's tough because there's so many new kids now, like, being put onto it. But, I mean... When I was that age just figuring out about stuff like this, I mean, of course, you'll see stuff and you'll see other people that are wearing it and you'll see you'll see the value and you'll base you'll base your interest in it a lot on that. But nowadays I just feel like back then I, I didn't have social media, so it wasn't fully based off of like the internet and being able to see more than just who was in my school wearing what or New York City and now that you know instagram is such a popular place for you to promote what you're wearing and a lot of people just have seen brands like supreme or nike and undercover or, i mean undercover is not that big but um gosha palace stuff like that um they'll they'll just see kind of what what's hyped and just take what what they think other people would like and then just wear it so it kind of sucks at the same time that all these people are now just being being branded into stuff and not fully looking at the details that go into it or the meanings and the culture and stuff but I mean it's life but hopefully you know after a year or two and you know more people can Inform them and tell them about stuff like that. So yeah. go get, get more. Yeah. That's
0: and that's, that's one of the things that I think, well, for me growing up, it was like, yeah, you never really dress for other people. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a way for you to find out what you liked and what you express yourself with. But yeah. I do see that a lot more now. It's just like people like wearing brands because they think like other people will like them more because of what they're wearing versus it being something that really like trying to wear to like express who they are right. you know and that's that's one thing that I, I would hope I mean there's good and bad with, with everything you know so like as streetwear culture becomes bigger like you gotta understand that's gonna happen of course. you know with anything that's just actually a sign of like a, a streetwear brand that's actually successful mm-hmm. you just get like people who just want to get on because yeah. of the hype sure. but at the same time you do want to see more people just truly being an individual and like truly expressing how they really you know how they th- how they see themselves mm-hmm. you know like I actually have a lot more respect for people who may have like you know some of the latest gear on but they'll also have like a personal item that maybe isn't even branded or something like that but that has a story Mm -hmm. you know that goes a long way and that actually means a lot more to them personally they may not get as much resale value for it but it means a lot to who they are and their identity so like i respect people who actually like can truly find ways to express themselves aside from the brand because then Mm -hmm. you got to think a lot of these um people who are in it just for the hype if brands or like the the logos weren't on all this stuff like they wouldn't know how to dress they wouldn't know they wouldn't be able to walk outside you know with the confidence that they do wearing like crazy expensive shit so like Mm -hmm. i respect people like you and and those who like you know understand like what the hype machine is but also understand how to truly express yourself as a person you know because that's what I, i would hope to see more people get involved into like you know streetwear culture is to sort of understand like who are you you mm-hmm. know what's your identity like when yeah. you walk outside like who are you as a person right. you know let that show through what you're wearing versus it just being like a, a statement of mm-hmm. brands you know yes. I, yeah it's like yeah don't let the brands wear you you know totally. you're, like, you're wearing the brands like so like that that's the thing that i want to see more happen You
1: know? yeah and i remember what's it called when i when i was first getting into um like sneakers i was I was asking people like dude why are these why are these shoes so uncomfortable like like, what what's going on and i would always be like wow why don't they just make the inside more like you know like cushiony or whatever (laughs) but then i was and then they were telling me like dude it's it's the design bro like people want to see the cool design Mm -hmm. not not the comfort but i mean at the same time now, clothing or brands are are making more comfortable products for more sneakers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like especially Adidas Boost, man. That's it's like yo, clouds on your feet, man. One of the most comfortable shoes I've ever worn in my Ooh. life. Yo, yo, I'm
0: telling you. Jeez, yeah, <laughs> I love that shoe dude Yeah, man. So, so you mentioned, man, you you
1: get into design. Like, what mm-hmm. what are you designing? What's it called? I I've seen a lot of people. They they started their own brands and um around me and stuff and from there i kind of wanted to start my own brand too but i never really wanted to just make like a basic i guess t-shirt print or something like that is the way i would say it so okay. i'd see them pretty much just get a guild and see, and then they would just print a graphic which is cool you know you're, you're putting some sort of creativity out there but i was more into like how how you put together a garment or okay. What, what's the, the, the details and stuff like that. So I, uh, I um, got a sewing machine when um, when I was around 16. And from there, I just kind of started making stuff from scratch and just messing around. And I uh, was really into denim, too. Denim, really... Denim, I don't know, something about it just really just caught my attention, just the way you could wear it and what you could do with it. So yeah. I... Um, Started, I started seeing, I I was, I'm always into, like, nature, and I like flowers and stuff, and a lot of stuff that um, most guys don't associate with Mm -hmm. at at first, but this is, like, two years ago, before you have all these, like, floral waves and stuff like that, and um, just colors in general, I was just really into just bright and different, different colors, like pink and Mm -hmm. stuff, when I was, like, still, I love pink, but Mm -hmm. I remember just, just that color just really hit me and so I uh started off by just buying um patches and stuff and putting them on my denim and then distressing it and taking off some some parts of it and then sewing it on to other parts like the pockets and um also I would purposely like cut off some of Something like the bottom leg, I'd cut it off and then resew it on or something like that. Mm-hmm. And from there, I uh, I designed, I really liked, I feel like a lot of people um, with brands, they don't focus on pants and they just focus on t-shirts. So I wanted to make, I wanted to do more pants. And like whenever, whenever, when I was younger, I just felt like I, I wanted more cool pants and, and pants were just boring. So, I uh, started, I started, you know, drawing on my pants and stuff and putting graphics on it and uh, that evolved to my math homework and I would draw, like, I'd start doing problems and then I would just get bored and then draw in class on my pants and then from there I actually like thought, hey, wait, what if I had a pair of pants just to do my work on for math? So... So I just started like maybe for a week or two, just completely in class using, um, I wouldn't be wearing the jeans, I would have them out and they'd almost be like pieces of paper for most people and just kind of just draw them, do my work on them. And I mean, the teacher didn't really notice, I guess, but when he saw me, he was, he was kind of like, dude, what are you, what are you doing, bro? Like, and then, but the thing is about my school is there is most of this stuff is online and I mean nowadays you get you get an assignment and then after you've completed it's like you throw it away. Mm-hmm. So I, I just wanted to have that little like memory or blah 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 so from there my pants were like in, in a week my pants were fully covered in, in math homework yeah. and then from there I um I uh wanted to do more stuff in like screen printing and P press work so What I did was, the easiest way for me to do it without buying really anything expensive, I just bought um, fabric print paper. So what I could just do is sew, um, I could literally um, iron on muslin fabric to the the print paper and then literally put it in my printer and then it would print out the graphic for me. I mean, it wasn't, yeah, but the thing is, what I I was writing with black marker on white jeans, so I didn't have like color in mind right, so right, right. It, it didn't matter that that sort of thing so but what like i line, but mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. yeah so um so i uh from there i actually like pretty much photocopied my uh, math homework onto and then printed it on the uh, muslin and then sewed it onto my jeans yeah because then you can actually like literally have the assignments yeah. blah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff it's just kind of funny yeah yeah, yeah. you go in a class with those right, <laughs> right? Yeah. you pass that class mm-hmm. yeah that's like my study guide during the test bro. yeah it's like right right and um yeah. then then I uh I did some other work with I get a lot of inspiration from um, music and like rock bands, Um, I'm really into U2, it's probably one of my favorite bands and just specifically um, this one album since i listened to it um, since I was probably like six, um, the U2 war album and just the overall, um, the graphics they used in um, a lot of the album covers and the photos and stuff were really inspiring and then I put a lot of that stuff onto like denim too. Nice. And from there, then I started doing more like cut and sew work. So recently, um, I, uh, the, I the whole Ikea trend was happening. And right, right, right. Um, I was like, well, I could just make pants out of the bags and do something cool so i ended up just going to ikea after school one day buying a bunch of bags and then making the pants out of the bags took me a minute and i like poked myself in the leg with one of the needles because i forgot to take it out after but um and there's it was like very uncomfortable the way yeah i mean (laughs) it was just it was just for the show and um those look hard though yeah thank you (laughs) and then yeah i made like a little hoodie design from that and then goggles, and we went to Ikea, did, like, a full fit, and then that incorporated, like, I like to, you know, put, like, a little video involved with it within it, so you kind of, like, know where I'm coming from, and not just a photo, because, I mean, you can get a lot from a photo, but you can get so much from a video, yeah and yeah. so, yeah, and then it's just another way to, because I always like multiple perspectives, so I don't want to just... Always post one photo, or I would just want sort to of post like a million, but I couldn't. Right. So I would just make a video and make it like appealing stuff like that. Yeah. So man,
0: just so that like everyone knows, like you know, you have styling, you have mm-hmm. design, you yeah. model, and then you're also a videographer, like a, yeah, yeah. a visual documenter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in terms of your your video, like, like you know, for those who don't know your YouTube channel and what yeah, you're working yeah. on. Can you explain that, like, what you're using right. that channel
1: for? Um. Yeah, so at first, um, this goes back into sneakers again. So I would always, before buying a shoe at products, I would always look on YouTube for reviews as to, like, why or how it would look on foot and the different aspects of it. And I always wanted to show people my opinion as to, like, what I thought of this shoe and what what I, what, like, what my collection or blah, 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 and just... Also, because in New York City, pretty much, when I would get shoes, I would go to the store. Yeah. And most people, I guess, would buy online and stuff like that. So, just, I started documenting my experiences of kind of camping out. Because a lot of the times, just would, it would be chaos. And it would just, it, it, it'd be something from a movie. Yeah. So, yeah, I just yeah. was like, dude, I have to record what's going on. And um, from there, I got more into kind of making almost short films, but also kind of videos based off of a certain thing I, I'd done or like a recap type thing and um, put maybe music over it or something like that. And then I would, I would watch, like before I started my YouTube channel, I watched probably so many different YouTubers and just... It took me a while, too, because I was always scared. Like, what are people going to say? Like, you know what? Is this going to be? Like, how do I even do this? Like, <laughs> But really, it was, it was super simple. Like, it takes, like, five minutes. If yeah. anyone out there is listening and wants to make a YouTube, do it. Too. It's yeah. awesome. And a lot of the, the people I watched were also into sneakers. But then I started watching, like, guys like Casey Neistat. And that really put me into, um, like, a whole new category of the way it, what you can do with video and just... All the editing techniques he uses and transitions, and it felt like a 15-minute movie that I was watching, and stuff like that. And and now that like no one really watches TV, I feel like Mm -hmm. it's it's pretty much YouTube is TV, and capturing an audience. Unfortunately, the attention span of kids is just getting shorter and shorter. shorter. shorter, So you gotta you gotta get them in that five seconds when they click the button. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it just. Yeah, it's a lot easier for everyone to watch versus specific time a program is on and blah, blah, blah. So from there, I got into making kind of like vlog-type videos and also just more in-depth short films. Yeah. Yeah. And then I got really into cameras. Mm. So um, I first just had my phone, and then from there I had a point-and-shoot, and then I got like a DSLR for my birthday. And it was still, the quality was really, it was only 720, but that was still really good for me. Mm -hmm. And then I got more into different types of cameras, and then I was editing on YouTube this whole time. Mm. And a lot of people don't even know, like, how to do that. Yeah, (laughs) like, did you know you could edit on YouTube? I had no idea, yo, that's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, because I had a a Chromebook, so so you can't download any, like, editing software, kind of. Mm. So from there i figured out what adobe was and i Mm -hmm. got a windows and i use a lot more editing in my videos and stuff like that which is yeah which is really fun
0: it's dope man and one thing i can say man is like what you're doing and documenting your story like even if it's like behind the scenes somewhere or even you know at a shoe lineup or release lineup and just seeing like even you like documenting your day like, you're going to look back on this stuff, man, and you're going to be like, yo, like, these were the moments that sort of, like, propelled you to where you were eventually going to go. And, like, it's important. I think you're you're documenting things that, um, you know, younger kids or kids, you know, your peers can look at and, like, see, like, you know, it is possible. and you know what you're doing is something that every kid can almost you know mm-hmm. can also take this yeah. shot at you know and i think that's something that's really powerful man because a lot of times we see things and we see people doing things and we think it's unattainable yeah. but just like say for example like a casey nice that was for mm-hmm. you and sort of opening your mind to what's possible yeah. like you're doing that for other people even now man right. so like you know i recognize it and i see it man and i got nothing but respect for what you're gonna do man like for real for real so like you know that was one of the reasons why i even you know mentioned you and wanted you to have you on the podcast Mm -hmm. it's like you know i really see that what you're doing and forget your age man like you're you're just like you're you're really like you know taking no no reservations and you're like really like yo i'm out here like you know Mm -hmm. like i'm doing what i want and Mm -hmm. i'm gonna figure this out as i go Right. You know and that's the attitude I think a lot of people need to take, you know, right. who are you know even older than you, like you know helping them understand like uh-huh. you know the importance of putting yourself out there yeah. and creating. you know, mm-hmm. you're creating from a real place and it's not just for the hype, it's from a place of like, I got something to say. yeah, you know, and I got something to share. Mm-hmm. you know, so keep going, man. like right. I just see nothing but great things happening man. So right.
1: uh, while I was in um, middle school and early ages of high school, A lot of people didn't really know what they wanted to do, and I didn't either, but I kind of wanted to be really, um, and then I kind of got into fashion, and when I got into fashion, um, I would go to, I went to this program called the Cooper Hewitt, and it's a a museum on the east side, and they they had summer classes, so when I was 15, I took like the summer program, and it was free, and in that time, like, I'd ask kids at my school, like, hey, do you want to take this class? And, like, everyone was like, nah, bro. Like, I don't know, dude. Like, I, I'm going to just chill out this summer or something like that. But, like, I really wanted to, you know, do stuff. And so, meet new people. And I, I took the class. And each, each day we would have, like, different people come in. Just people, creative people. Some were involved in um, architecture, design, like that. And I've always been into, like, the way just looking at buildings. I, I've always seen buildings and just, I just stare at them for for so long, dude. Just the yeah. whole city is amazing. Yeah. So um, design, the Cooper Hewitt, it's uh, the, the program was, it's like based around design. Mm-hmm. So I saw a lot of different aspects of um, different types of design, like in art. And so from there, a lot of people, each class we would do a different um, task. One time, um, it was one of like the last classes in the summer. This guy called Christopher Bevins came in, and he's this—he's a—he uh, started out working as a, like a tailor in um, Moods Fabrics when he was really young, and he—he uh, he now he works at Nike, and he does a lot of stuff. He did—he um, kind of helped bring Kanye to Nike, and the fact that he was like just talking to us. Was when he like we started talking about more things that I knew of, just kind of like blew my mind, like where he came from and how he started, and you know just you know building up and working towards things, and now he has his own brand and he's doing things, and then since since then I've um, been like going to Cooper Hewitt classes since since this like the beginning, well since the winter since yeah. winter and um and
0: Coop, Cooper Hewitt that's right over by Central Park East right? yeah, yeah, yeah yeah okay East. yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: okay and um okay so this goes into um mm-hmm. so I uh was since I've been going to Cooper Hewitt for a very long time and um they had a lot of workshops with a lot of other people like Carol Lim Carol Lim Seungyang is another fashion designer, but uh, Carol Lim is the CEO of Opening Ceremony, and uh, Kenzo. Uh, he wasn't there because he was working on the H and M collab at the time. But uh, Carol was there, and just hearing her as well and what she was doing was just super inspiring. And then from there, Cooper Hewitt had connections with Staple because we were gonna, supposed to get an internship mm-hmm. over the summer and like when I heard them even mention Staple I was like dude that's like, <laughs> that's like a dream man yeah, yeah. And, and just working towards that and contacting a lot of different people and getting my resume together and preparing and stuff ultimately led me to like that interview when I was like shaking when I walked in the building but <laughs> I just completely like expressed myself mm-hmm. to Erica when I was there when she interviewed me and you know, I got I got the job, which was like the best feeling in the world, and yeah, yeah I, I
0: was. Yeah, big up to Erica, man. I already said it before, but Erica, we it's see you out here, man. Yeah. So, so what were you doing at Staple at that time? So,
1: uh, the summer I worked at the office, and I started off kind of um, just you know learning the system because you know you gotta that's the first step and from there with this with learning thing i was learning um mainly just the the social media stuff so um learning how to go from their website to inventory to uh, product links and then putting it on their twitter for sales and different um well one thing we had was that i kind of came up with was we were doing we did a giveaway for um a snapback hat and it would be like retweet um, for a chance to win, blah, blah, blah. We pick a random winner. Just little things like that to help um, sales. And um, I also, I did a lot of stuff. So I also helped out with um, brainstorming Instagram posts. And I helped, um, I I pretty much managed a lot of their inventory and ended up styling their 2017, I didn't fully do it myself but with me and uh one other person we put together like the full photo shoot lookbook for the fall winter and yeah that was that was really cool yeah
0: yeah, man so i just see nothing but good things happening you know like it it seems like you're you're in a place where you know you're you're able to find yourself working with people that you look up to and are also able to make your own path at the same time man so I just wanna, wanted to talk about... Keep going, okay. keep going, right. keep going. <laughs>
1: this is good, uh, this is good, bro. So, uh... Um, so then, in uh, high school... Because my school... This is the thing, bro. Like, my high school <laughs> is... The, bro, it's, it's the best high school in the world. Bro. Wow, It's... Wow. So, pretty much, I would have gone to high school... Um, I applied for this school. It's called LaGuardia Professional Performing Arts. I was going to go for tech, but I didn't get in, thank God. And... Um, I ended up going to school in Soho, and at first the school, I was kind of disappointed that I didn't get into the original school, but I got into this this school in Soho, a neighborhood that I'd never really been before, and between maybe the first or second day, just walking in that neighborhood from to school and just just seeing the different, what people were wearing in the different stores, like, that I had no idea about, just changed my whole like mindset about fashion and fully kind of infused me into into so much more and not only that my school is really they have a ton of creative classes so i get to do um some classes we have or one it's called beat making so you can you know make music and uh, run 5k we can run race we we get to run a 5k at the end but i don't want to talk too much about my school yeah um but they've really helped me you know grow as a person and just the opportunities I've had because of my school being in such a great area and then recently I've uh, started kind of modeling Um, and it started off because I would go to shows during fashion week and the thing is I I, at first had no idea how to get to any of these shows and like I saw people's Instagram videos and, and stories and just I was confused, like, how did they get invites, or, like, very, is it only for famous people, and blah, blah, blah. But I learned that um, the place where they had held, they hold most of the shows was right next to my school. And so, literally, I could walk there in five minutes from school, and I would literally go, like, during fashion week every day to see shows and then yeah Yeah, just like i was not invited to any any (laughs) of them but you can just kind of get your way in there and um i uh was and some of my friends at the time that i'd met um were all into fashion they were modeling too so um like one time i was there and someone was asking for my information and i wasn't sure why at first because they were they were very they didn't say they didn't like Talk as to why they're just like, uh, what's your Instagram, and that's it. And and then like, um, it it led to um, people that I met there wanting me to model for their clothes, and um, it was great because modeling really helped me um, learn more about how brands work, and seeing the process involved is what a lot of people don't see, is because they only see the cover. But being at a, such a young age, I always wanted to help out, but it's really hard because you can't just kinda walk up in there and just kinda like been like, yo, can I help out? It's it's not one of those things unfortunately. But um since a model you you pretty much get to see what goes down. Um it really helped me understand everything that was going on and went to some castings and blah 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 and Uh, for my friend was going to uh, a casting and I didn't know what it was but I just went with him and um, he wasn't even fully sure but he said like something about Yeezy and um, what's it called so I went too with him of course I'm like dude I gotta go with that (laughs) whatever it is and um, it turns out it was like for Yeezy season five and um, they like at first I was like I'll just wait in the hallway but then when I saw the other people I was like hey I'll just you know maybe I'll go into or whatever yeah. and um so they took photos of me and then like I ended up getting an email back like we want you to come back the next for our second casting and I was like what it's real. It's real. yeah it's real <laughs> and then my I asked my friend like you like you got the call back right and he's like no nah, I didn't get anything I was like what and then and then I got from that call back I got another call back and it said in uh in uh fine print like Kanye West will be there and I was like, dude, I was like, oh I was like screaming to mama, holy shit, how many Kanye was? No way. And like all this stuff, turns out Kanye wasn't there. Because, kind of I mean, he was supposed to be, but, you know, it's Kanye. Timing, you know. Yeah, yeah. But the people that were there, I knew a lot of them just from seeing them on social media. And I didn't get into the show. And, but I was talking to the casting director when I was there. And I got his email and blah, blah, and I was like, can I help out in any way during the show? And he was like, yeah, I think so. And um, I ended up going there the day of the show, and he gave me like a pass, and I got to help out backstage and see everything go down. And I got pretty much kicked out by one of the uh, the like head um, directors of the show, because they saw me and they're like, what is this kid doing here? Get him out. Yeah, that, yeah and yeah. and uh and he was like no he's an intern but like she was like no so I ended up just like helping the models um get backstage mm-hmm. but just I got to see like a lot of that and it was super cool and then um I kind of finessed into the show too because I had to see that. Yeah but of course yeah they, they didn't want <laughs> like they were telling me that like 90% of all of the uh, media and people got cut off the list and stuff and there was no professional photography and wow. and stuff so it wasn't like easy season um 3 where they had the MSG show it's open yeah, yeah no yeah, it was yeah. like <laughs> there was probably like maybe 150 people there and right, right right i just kind of was in the back but um that was a really cool experience that's and crazy man. yeah that's crazy yeah i'm i'm seeing i'm seeing like
0: just like when you're able to put yourself in situations where it's like you didn't really plan for it but once you got those opportunities you made the most of it you know that's sort of like the like if there is any type of formula it's sort of just being aware of where you're at and like the opportunities that are presented and then just like just going for it you know and it seems like you're you're you know very skilled at like taking a small opportunity and turning it into something bigger you know and, and that's what I, I would hope a lot of people would get from this is like even seeing like no matter where you're starting from or what you're doing like look to turn those small opportunities into something greater yeah. you know don't just see something that may seem like insignificant at first yeah. And just say, oh man, this is all it's gonna be. Mm-hmm. You know, find ways to sort of create things for yourself that you can feel like, you know what, I'm actually building something here, growing yeah. something, in your relationships, your opportunities yeah. will come from that, man. So, mm-hmm. yeah, man, like you at 17 years old, you're doing that. You know, like mm-hmm. no one had to teach you that for real, for real. Like you're just sort of experiencing it as it's happening, man. So just continuing it, man. Yeah. Definitely, definitely,
1: yeah, man. definitely also take take classes and stuff, it's really important to know what you want to do. And I uh, I took classes at FIT and this school called LAM too, which is a fashion business school for for just figure out exactly what I wanted to do. Because it took me a while. Like I really wanted to go for design and I had a really good portfolio. And I just felt like brands nowadays, man, it's just it's like ninety nine percent of them fail. And the one percent of the brands could be on top one year and fall the next so I, I was always more into entrepreneur stuff you know making small little like brands I mean not brands like businesses and just working with that and see what I can go from there
0: yeah man long term man it's a long term game that's it that's it man so yeah so how can people get in contact with you and uh, and the videos and all the things that you're doing man
1: yeah i mean you can just check out my instagram at tj underscore r and my youtube is tjr i guess you could i I was on staples instagram which is pretty cool but uh I'm working on a website, and I've been taking uh, HTML classes since nice. the summer, so nice. I want to get into that, so you can, hopefully, a website coming soon, you can peep that. So, is there anything you want to say before we, we bounce? Uh, delete Instagram and follow what you want to do, bro. And one other thing, <laughs> also, just don't let anyone tell you you can't do anything, and it, it may seem like... Uh, like it will never happen but if you put your mind to it you can do whatever you want to do but yeah
0: man, this has been The Open Canvas with my brother <laughs> yeah, here Tommy TJR, <laughs> and we're out thank you man really
1: really yeah Get
0: that that was great man to find out more about The Open Canvas hit up our website theopencanvas.com also stay tuned to our Instagram at The Open Canvas and for any questions or inquiries hit up my email Taj, T-A-J, dot opencanvas, at gmail.com. This has been The Open mm-hmm. Canvas, produced by Taj Alexander.